The series is Why Jesus? You know, why? Why Jesus? Why Jesus came? You know, why Jesus died? Why Jesus? Why do we need Jesus? And, and you know, it's all about peace. We're going to be talking about the peace this morning. And I want to read from the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35. And I love this little story. You know, it's a beautiful story about peace and about the power of peace. And it says this, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, I love this account. It's also in Matthew uh, and it's also in Luke. But the reason why I picked Mark is because I love what Jesus said. Peace, be still. And those words are found in this account in the text. And, you know, the story, you know, if we want to set the scene, Jesus has been preaching and teaching to the multitudes. You know, and there were thousands of people out on the grass listening. It was a long day. It was hot. You know, it would have been, they would have been in the sun, whatever. But he was exhausted. And it was time to go to the next gig. It was time to cross over. You know, it was time to transition from one place to another. And I thought it was very strange that the words were written in the, in the text. It says, they took him along in the boat as he was. And what that sort of meant to me, it's like, why would they write that in there? But it probably was because there was no time to go to the hotel room and have a shower and change your clothes. They just took him as he was. It was like, there's no time for anything. We need to move on. Let's get into this boat and go to the other side. And, and actually, it reminds me of, of dear Pastor Phil, you know, coming into presence. He's going to be preaching and teaching to the multitudes and how tired he must feel when he's moving, you know, when, when presence is over. And it's like, oh, I need a holiday. And it was a bit like that for Jesus. And then they get into this boat. You know, they get into this boat to go to the next place, to transition, to move, so that they're not standing still. And as they step out and they go into this boat, something takes them by surprise. Something unexpected. Something they don't count on. Something they've not accounted for. You know, a storm rises up. Now, they don't have what we have, the weather, what if it, the weather meteorology app, whatever it is. They don't have that. They don't know. Usually they're experienced. They can tell. But this came all of a sudden. It was while they were going somewhere, the wind started blowing and everything started happening. It was a surprise. And it was like the wind hits, the waves rise. This little boat, it's called a little, it's not the Queen Mary. It's a tiny little fishing boat. It starts to go up and down and get hammered and smashed in this storm. And Jesus, in the meantime, is at the back of the boat and he's asleep on a pillow. And if you can imagine a little boat being tossed up and down, rocked from side to side, water coming in, and Jesus is asleep. Now, the disciples decide to panic. So they, they sort of 
think, oh my gosh, we're going to die. They get up and they start panicking. And you know, there's no peace in panic and panic actually multiplies panic. So if there's one person panicking, other people will panic unless someone says, hey, calm down. Let's just have a think about this. They just breed panic. And I don't know if you've ever seen a little baby in its mother's arms. And, you know, I've seen this so many times. And the mother might be in distress or the mother might start to cry. And the little child will cry, but it won't know the issue. It won't understand the problem. But it responds to the mother's emotion. And sometimes panic can be like that. Now, And the disciples come to Jesus and they shake him up. You know, don't you care? They accuse him. Don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to die? Now, Jesus must have been in such a deep sleep because for all of that to happen, for the water to be getting in the boat, I presume he might have been wet, uh, for the shaking up and down, the rocking of this tiny little boat, I, I would think he would have been in a real deep sleep. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was in a deep sleep and you woke me up, you would rather die on the boat. You would not wake me up if I was in a deep sleep. Because I would not get up and find any peace. I would be angry. (laughs) But Jesus, he was not angry. He got up. He was not perturbed by by what's going on around him. Nothing bothered him. He got up and he spoke to the wind and he spoke to the sea. And the breath of his mouth stopped the chaos. Jesus allowed the power that was on the inside of him to actually affect what was going on outside of him. He did not allow what was going on around him to actually affect the inside of him. We have access to this peace. We have access to this peace. Now, I'd like to say that there's two types of peace. Now, I'm gonna read from John 14, 27. It says this, and these are the words of Jesus. He says, peace I leave with you, my perfect peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. Now, that says to me, there's two types of peace. There's the peace the world gives, And then there's my peace, the peace of Jesus, the peace that he gives to us, which is different. It will uphold us in every circumstance. The peace of the world is very different. You can get peace sometimes in the world, but it's very temporary. So I remember, you know, when when I was doing my degree, it was like, oh my gosh, is this ever going to end? I will find peace when this thing is done. You know, when you finish something, when you achieve something, when something's complete, you think, yes, I'll get peace. Then when I buy a new home, when I buy this home, I, I, you know, I'll find peace when I buy a home. But then you start thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to pay this home off. And then you think, I'll find peace in 30 years when this house is paid off. I don't know, I can't wait that long. <laughs> you know, you find peace when you get a position or you apply for another job or whatever it is, it goes on and on and on. But it is so temporary. Because there is no peace in the world the way God gives us peace. The peace of the world is determined by what's going on around us. But that's not how God operates. And the truth is, it's like what Pastor Alex Alex preached last Sunday. What a beautiful message that was. It's like, where are we drawing from? What well are we drawing our peace from? Where are we going to draw from? We need to draw the peace of God. We need to draw from something that will satisfy us because it's not determined by what's going on around us. 
the peace of the world is not an everlasting peace. It's always determined by what you're doing, what's going on for you on the outside. But the peace of Jesus, he says, my perfect peace I give to you. And it leaves you calm on the inside. That knowing that Jesus is on the boat of your life, Jesus is on that boat. He could go into a deep sleep. He could find rest in the middle of this storm, in the middle of a tornado. It did not affect him. He was unaffected on the inside by what was going on on the outside. He knew his father covered it. He trusted his father. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I often have these sleepless nights when something's bothering me and worrying me. Does anybody, does that happen to anyone? You know, it happened to me not long ago and I had to, I had to put the television on so I could fall asleep and watch reruns of Bewitched. <laughs> That's the only thing that would put me to sleep. <laughs> and you know, as the kids have grown up, it seems to kind of get a little bit more and more waiting for them to come home, checking in. You know, when they got their license, I think I spent a week without sleep. But you know what? I had to find my peace. I had to find God's peace in all of that and trust God. Now, and I love what the scripture says, do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. And I think those words mean that we actually give it permission. Do not let, do not let. Sometimes I think we give it permission, but Jesus is saying, do not let that happen. And I love what he said to the disciples and he said to them, why are you so fearful? He calmed the storm and then he dealt with his friends. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? How is it that you have no faith? You know, when there's faith, it, re it removes fear. Faith can remove fear. If we just lean on to faith. A couple of years back, um, we had a really difficult situation in my family. My parents are aging and they're really, really unwell. And, and one of my sisters, I have four sisters, no boys, five girls, God help my dad, but five girls. And one of my sisters decided she's going to leave her a uh, really um, high-end job with the United Nations and come home so she can help look after my parents. She's single, she's in her 40s. And she came probably about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, to, to look after mum and dad. And another sister also came. They're both single and they both wanted to live with mum and dad and, and just look after them, which was such a beautiful gesture. And in the process of that, six months into that, my sister got diagnosed with her second uh, bout of cancer. So she had already had cancer five years before, breast cancer. She had done the works, had all the operations and removed everything and all, all of that. And we were so glad that that season was over. But then all of a sudden it came back just at a time when it was so inconvenient for her and for everyone. And I remember when she gathered us into the room, she sort of sent her WhatsApp thing to the family and said, look, we need to have a meeting. And we thought it was about mum and dad, but she wanted to tell us what the doctors had said about her and she said you know what guys I just want to tell you that I've been diagnosed with cancer again and the doctors think it's not going to be good but I just thought I'd let you know that you know we're going to be on this journey again and in the midst of that all I could think of was oh god how could this happen again you know I knew what was coming because we'd been through it before and it's like no and I started in my own heart to panic <coughs> now when I got home me. When I got home, I sat down and I thought, you know what, God, I've got, I've, got to find, I've got to find your peace because it doesn't sound good. It doesn't feel any good. I don't know what the future holds for my sister or my parents. And it was just really bad news. So I sat down and I said, God, you've got to give me your peace. And you know, he spoke to me and he said, this is for the glory of God. 
this is not for death, but the glory of God. And so we journeyed and, and we went through the whole thing all over again. And, and she was the one wearing most of it, but it's really painful to watch. And then in August last year, she, the doctors just said to her, you are all clear of cancer. There is nothing wrong. It's all good. And I was so grateful that God gave me that word. And he said to me, you know, when you seek God, when you seek his peace, he really gives you that rest on the inside. And faith rose up, faith rose up. And you know, when you go through journeys, you need faith. Fear will not get you through. It's faith that gets us through. And we live in a society where there is so much pressure, like living in Sydney, pressure, um, demands. You just have to listen to the news. I mean, I, I, I listen to the news. My life coach actually banned me from listening to the news. He said, you are not allowed to watch the news ever again. And I sort of waited till six o'clock that night and he was gone and I put the news on, but <laughs> I'm, I'm so disobedient. But you just listen to the news and you can really feel that there is not much peace that the world can give. There is no peace in the world. We need the peace of Christ. And we have pressures just getting up in the morning, getting to work, battling traffic, battle, you know, trying to get a seat on the train, getting to the buses, all the things that life uh, pressurizes us with paying bills, all this stuff, even mothers that are home. I was an at-home mum, just getting the kids ready and getting them to school and doing the tuck shop duties and organising you and all of this, the pressure, you can lose your peace in the midst of the chaos, just in your everyday life. And you know, I work with people that have left war and they've left the chaos around them. They've come to Australia and so many times I have to speak to them about the actual war that's going on on the inside of them. They've come to a land of peace but they've not found the peace of Christ. And this is what we need. This is what we need. We are surrounded by it and we really need to pull down the peace that Jesus talks about. I just thought I'd look up some statistics about what's kind of what it's like in Australia, what, what, what the emotional temperature is of people in Australia. And, and it said that, this is 2017 Australian statistics, it says one quarter of Australians will experience an anxiety condition in their lifetime. Now, if you were to take that today, it means right now today, 4.96 million people suffer an anxiety disorder. That is a lot of people. That is a lot of people. It also says that one in seven Australians will experience depression in their lifetime. Now, today, that would be 2.83 million people suffering from depression right now as we speak. We need Jesus. It says more than eight people would die each day in Australia by suicide. It's alarming what's going on. We need Jesus. And I've worked with people, I've journeyed through people, through pastoral care and through, through what I do for work, through this stuff, you know, through, through some of these issues. And, and part of our, my work, I have to have training in, um, in doing uh, kind of looking at people and, and working out uh, whether they have some sort of uh, anxiety or depression or whatever it is. So we, so we did this mental health kind of course as part of work. And, you know, I was blown away by what it's like to go through something like this. Apparently, if you're having an anxiety attack, it's like having a heart attack. The symptoms are exactly the same. The heart palpitating, the arms going numb, all of that. And so you have to call an ambulance just in case. And I thought, imagine going through that. Imagine that chaos going on around you. People need Jesus. And one of the distinct feelings of that is the feeling of hopelessness. You know, one person told me that the psychologist said that if you take a deep breath, 
you see a stop sign in your head and then you start to say the colours. That's a technique that they give. You know, I'm not denying or belittling this. I know this is a real issue, but I know that there is a God of peace. I know the Prince of Peace. I know that God wants to come down and invade that place and remove the chaos with one breath of his mouth. Philippians 4, 6 says this, do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God and the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, it's yours. It's yours, it's ours, the peace of God. If we pray and petition, a petition is when you, you know, everyone agrees and people sign this whole thing. When we come and we put our case to God constantly, coming to God and petition and asking God for that peace. And it says he'll stand guard over our hearts and our minds. And most of that battle is in our minds. And what does it mean to stand guard? It's like this. You can't get through. He's not going to let any thought come through. He's going to stand there and he's going to guard. That peace will guard your heart from anything, penetrating and going where it need not go. He wants to guard us. The peace of God on the inside of you, when the waves come, when the storm hits you, you have this buoyancy. You have this thing on the inside of you that will just bring you straight back up to the surface. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter what's pulling at you. It doesn't matter the circumstances or, or anything going on around you, that there is something on the inside of you that's going to bring you back to the top, that you will not drown because we have the Prince of Peace. Now, does anyone know what this thing is? Are there any fishermen? I don't know much about fishing. I'm not really a good fisher person. I don't really like boats. I'd never get on a boat the way the disciples did. Even if it was Jesus, I'd say, oh, sorry. <laughs> Wrong person. But this, this, this little thing. Now, this little thing is kind of a bit solid. It's made out of polystyrene. Now, apparently, you put a line on this end and it gets attached to the fishing rod. I would have bought the fishing rod, but it stunk and I didn't want it in the car. And then on this end, you have this other thing, like this string, and you put your hook on that and it sits on the water and it floats along. And then when the fish comes, it kind of eats and this goes under. Oh, this way, is it that way? Sorry. <laughs> sorry, it goes that way. I thought it was... <laughs> sorry, it's, I didn't do my homework properly. It shows you how much fishing I do. I'm not that... <laughs> I'm, I'm in a family of fishermen, but I'm, I'm a, not a fisher person. Anyhow, so it goes down. And so you've got the line on this end and you've got the rod. And you know, that's like God holding us up. And then on this end, the fish comes and it wants to pull us down. It wants to push. It wants to tug. It wants to break us. It wants to make us drown. And on the other end, we're, on, we're held by the hand of God, holding us up, trying to bring us back up. And you know what? Even if this thing detaches, this thing will go back to the surface. It will go back to, once that bait's gone, this thing will just go right back up to the surface. What are you made of? This is made of polystyrene. What is the substance that you are made of? What, what do you have on the inside of you that is going to give you that buoyancy so that you can get straight back up there, that the stuff going on around is not going to affect you? Can I give that away? <laughs> the water cannot penetrate that. 
The storm cannot penetrate that. And if we have the peace of God, the peace that transcends all understanding on the inside of that, what's going on will not affect us in Jesus' name. Now, I just want to share with you, and we talked about one of the techniques that, that this psychologist kind of gave about the lights or whatever it is, the, the traffic light or I don't know. Yeah, I can't even put it in my head. It doesn't even make sense. But you know what? I, Jesus tells us what to do and it doesn't cost us $150 an hour. Verse 8 says this. Are we listening? Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure, wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Centre your mind on them and implant them in your heart. Implant them in your heart. No matter what happens on the way we're going, no matter what journey we're on, no matter what mixes us up, if you've got a diagnosis from the doctor, Jesus is on your boat. If you've been made redundant, Jesus is on your boat. If you've lost hope of buying that house, house prices are coming down and Jesus is on your boat. Whatever is going on around you, nothing can overcome what's happening, nothing, because Jesus is on your boat and he has overcome the peace of the world. Do you feel surrounded by an enemy? Sometimes we can be battling. Sometimes we can be battling. Sometimes we feel like the enemy's surrounding us. Maybe he's encircling us. Maybe whatever we do, we feel like we're not getting on our feet. You know, I wanna tell you, Psalm 23 says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. No matter what battle you're in, just know that the Lord will set a table. He will nurture, he will feed us, he will fill us, he will refresh us right in the middle of that battle. No matter what's going on, he's right there with us if we just grab hold of him. Do you know this kind of peace? Do you know this kind of peace? It's only found in the Prince of Peace and his name is Jesus.